Hey guys, welcome back to the Art of Craftsmanship podcast. My name is Dustin O'Hara, and I'm here with my brother and co-host, Devin. Hello. Devin, what do you got for us today? The extreme sophistication of modern technology, wonderful though its benefits are, is ironically an impediment to engaging young people with basics, with learning how things work. That's good. I mean, I think obviously there's this whole like technology is horrible and social media is horrible and blah, 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 you know, and I don't, I don't think any of that is true. And obviously our channel and our page and all this stuff is all a benefit to technology. The fact that we can record and put things out there, but there definitely is a lack of attention span. There's a lack of doing things with your hands, you know, and, and I yeah. definitely, I see that and I'm like, ah, you know, I see my daughter yeah. on on like you know the switch or the tv watching youtube or her phone which she has now a new phone and um <laughs> you know and, but then also you know, it's like i've i've raised her in a way that she's not 100 percent glued to it so i'm like okay you know put it well, down yeah. let's go do something or she'll she'll like if i want to do something with her she'll want to do it like let's go play a game or let's go take a walk in the woods or like today our dad stopped by um after visiting our grandmother um at the at the like the home she stays in and he stopped by and picked up some stuff from me and went fishing out at the little pond next to our house. And, and, uh, my daughter has asynchronous on Wednesdays, which today it is a Wednesday. And so she went out and like went fishing with him for a while and caught like a nice big, like two pound bass in the pond. So, right. I mean, you just but have I, to yeah. kick people off just like you have to kick yourself off of the phone. Right. Yeah. Cause you sit Absolutely. there and even when you're watching something, you're like messing around your phone. So you're not really paying attention to anything. Yeah. It's <laughs> such. So yeah, the whole young people thing. Yeah. It is, but it's it's every new generation that gets a new hunk of technology, right? Yeah. You know, our our grandparents thought our parents had too much things. You know, they had TV, yep, that they were in front of all the time, and then our grandparents' parents probably thought they were around the radio too often. <laughs> yeah, you know? right, exactly. It just goes yeah. and goes, but it is true, and it's I think it's true for all of us. All these great modern things, they're so spectacular that it's even hard to wrap your head around. How they do what they do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. How an LED a TV works and how you stream stuff. And I, I mean, you have the basic idea, but really you can't get in there and figure it out. You need a, a very special tools and, 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 and technology and robots to even build the things. It's, uh, <laughs> right. I mean, maybe that's yeah. why, maybe that's why we're all attracted to these simple things. Watching people build stuff, watching them build right. tools and knives and hearing an instrument, an acoustic instrument work. Because mm. you can see, you see what it is. There's, You can figure it out quickly and then you can appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's the allure to the things that are technology that do this amazing thing that you can't understand. But then there's also that kind of like the balance of the allure of seeing something actually done. And you can understand it. You're like, oh, that's how it's done. You know, and like we get comments like that all the time. People are like, oh, this, you make this look so easy. Where, and, and a lot of times it's not super easy, but even, even doing it, once you learn it, it's not hard. It's just knowing the steps, right? Knowing right. what's the next part of the process. But again, you have that allure of, of this like piece of technology or something that is so 
it's made, like you said, made by LEDs and computers and robots putting it together, and it can't, <laughs> right. you can't actually the, figure it out, right? So right. There's an allure to that, too, a mystification mm. of, oh, this thing is crazy. You know, like a drone, like flying a drone around with a camera, like that's awesome. The fact that you can control a drone from your phone. And right, and just you, you push a button, amazing. it comes back to the home spot and lands. I mean, yeah. I mean, we know what it is. We know it's something to do with GPS and where you know the the computer inside of it but we could never make a drone one person could never make a drone ever right yeah exactly it just just can't be done you could not make all the things to make a drone right you need a worldwide technology and 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 building structure to make something like that yeah and and you know microchips and things like those aren't made by hand they're made by computers right Mm. because that's the whole point. It's a microchip. It has to be made in a certain, in a certain way. <laughs> right. Now, that being said, I did actually recently, I was, um, and I'll get into this a little bit later, listening to the Knife Talk podcast this week, which was all about International Women, Women's Week. So it was a, a woman who hosted the show, kind of a takeover, and she interviewed a bunch of different women. And there's um, one of the one of the women, one of the woman makers um, is, uh, oh, what are, what's her name? I'll find it real quick. Um, Grace Horn. And she she makes scissors like Damascus scissors, and she made these like <laughs> super super teeny tiny scissors, like just just for fun, like making. She had one picture of like a miniature, you know, the scissors are like an inch tall, and then she has another picture of two pairs of scissors on the tip of her finger, like they're 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 like smaller than the size of a pea, like two working pair of scissors on the tip of mm. her finger. I was like, what? It's crazy, like the size of it, you know. I don't know. Like a sesame seed, <laughs> like insane, you know. So maybe people can make tiny, tiny stuff, but, but yeah, no, there's not a microchip, right? Exactly. I think but, that uh, is. Yeah, I think people do because these things are so mystifying. I think that's why there are there is this new uh, excitement about making things again, like knife making in general is like it's blowing up huge and blacksmithing, all these things that ten or fifteen years ago. We're still kind of on the down low, you know. They were starting to get a resurgence, but not as much now. They're now everything, all this type of making stuff is. There's a big resurgence. Yeah, I like the idea of going back to the basics. That's in every uh, every workflow. Every artist, every worker, has to go back to the basics and and fig- every like uh, I was thinking about baseball. It's right. constantly people practicing the basics or us. <laughs> in the control room yelling like fundamentals when when someone screws up something or doesn't <laughs> yeah. throw it to the cutoff guy or doesn't have their glove down on the ground like when a, a you know yeah. a grounder's coming his way or or no one calls it you know it's it's like t-ball stuff that yeah. sometimes <laughs> these pros forget and then we were yelling at them um fundamentals um yeah, right. and and learning how the stuff works before you go ahead and move on that's obviously an art and that's obviously in film like uh, yeah. i learned i learned on a a camera that's an old german camera that was you know i think it, it was from the 30s or something right and uh old black and white 16 millimeter actually maybe that was eight no no 16 but you know it had three minute spools oh man so that's all you had it, you had three minutes of footage and we, and we shot awesome. our, our first short films on that. But you learn what this stuff is. But it's easier. It's simpler. You can see it. Right. You can see where the uh, a mirror is and, and a shutter is and what it is and all the mechanisms in it. And it really helps when you move on. And it gives you an appreciation uh, when when you finally can get a 
nowadays a, a beautiful DSLR that looks like a film camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when you were when you were making those films, were you doing like like physical splicing of film reel together to make the longer? No, that's that's the, that's the one thing we never did. Um, so you took the film and then you set it, put it into digital. That's right. There, okay. there was they had gotcha. a digital scanner that they'd run it through. Right, gotcha. And it would just okay. go one frame at a time, take a picture, and it would take yeah, however long, and then they they give you the digital copy. Right. How long was that? Was is that process quick? Like, does it go through the scanner like really quick? Like, no, no, it, no. It's pretty. Uh, it's kind of slow. Really, that's so funny. You would think, you know, that would be something that they could, that could be set up pretty quickly, right? It runs through a thing, and there's a camera inside that's taking a picture every frame. <laughs> yeah, but, but I, I think it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and that that yeah, that was like whenever that was. I'm sure. It, I'm sure it could be done. Oh yeah, like twelve, thirteen. I, I forget, but right. um, maybe it could be faster. But you want a good still shot, so that thing has to be perfectly still and, and a good. But it might yeah, I guess been, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. you want to get a real clean image of that frame. Yeah, yeah I mean, you could obviously because they can film goes the other way you can put an image to a frame right film 24 <laughs> a second um right <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know but yeah That's i mean cool. that was cool so anyway the, i i thought that was a good one um just for everybody uh yeah trying to trying to learn how things work before you go in and buy one maybe um right yeah, exactly. And and I think that's the thing, right? That's the, the idea of this quote is that there's something that goes back to taking getting away from technology and thinking about making something with your hands, like doing something to it's, you know, going back to the basics, like you said, which is kind of like why we decided to or what our what this podcast is about this week is taking that that basic knife making skills or taking knife making skills and boiling it back down to the basics where you started or. Mm. Uh, you know those basic skills, those basic tools that you need to be able to get into the uh, the, the fun art of knife making. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll go into that soon. Um, yep. Uh, we could talk about what we've been up to. I watched. Was it last night? No, it was this morning. I watched. Um, yeah. Uh, Assembly required on the yep. History Channel. Yeah. Yeah. And tell us what this, that is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> it's um, Chris Sepp on Make Everything, right? Yeah, uh, and and on the Handmade Podcast on yep. the Make Re Network. He uh, he was a, a participant in in the uh, and. Do you want to know what happened, Dustin? Should I do a, a spoiler alert for everybody? No, no, I don't. I don't want to know it. I, I want to be able to see it. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, because he's been he's been talking it up for a little bit, and I knew that this was happening because April Wilkerson. Who's a co-host with Tim Allen and Richard Richard Carn? I think. Yeah, yeah, the guys from Home Improvement. Right. Tim and Al. Um, they uh, they host it with April Wilkerson. So if you guys don't know April Wilkerson, she's a maker who's on YouTube and has been doing it for a long time and isn't part of the community of the maker community. And so she's a co-host on that cha- on the show, and I haven't seen it yet because I don't have History Channel because I don't have tv but uh, <laughs> but they did start it um a couple weeks ago and then once the episode came out the first episode i think that's when chris Sepp started uh advertising it on his instagram yeah I, was like, no, yeah I can tell you guys that you know i was on i was a contestant or whatever it is on the on uh 
assembly required. So that was cool. That was really cool. Was yeah, no, it, it was to great to see him. He he did well. That's all I'll say. Um, <laughs> no, it was great. It was so cool to any time. It's like you have a rooting interest. It's like watching the Olympics. <laughs> right. I, exactly. I always have. I always have a team to root for. But it's nice on like a show like that to have a rooting interest. You feel like <laughs> yeah. you feel like he's you know one of us. Right. So you're yeah. kind of rooting for. Uh, you know, a fellow YouTuber and uh, podcaster. Yeah. Um, no, it was, it was great. He did he did awesome. Um, and yeah, it's just fun. And I, I, the show's pretty good. Like uh, in general, yeah, what's the premise? Can you tell me like what the premise? Yeah, no, that they, they they send people, quote unquote makers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I mean, I guess we'd have to talk to Chris. Maybe maybe one day down the road. But uh, they send them parts and then they say okay we and this episode was a lawnmower that did a bunch of other stuff too okay so i feel like it's kind of like uh home improvement tool time things remember right, he would right. he would have the man, like the man's bathroom and the toilet would like recline and then yeah there'd right, be a yeah. bar you know the the mirror would spin around and be like a girl ser- serving beer you know <laughs> uh-huh. like all the... yeah, yeah like football soap <laughs> on a rope yeah right yeah, yeah. <laughs> right those yeah. class so i think yeah. it's a little bit like that or at least that's what it has been for the first or i saw some of one episode and i didn't finish it but i, I, I watched all this third one okay uh that he's in and uh now it's cool so they do it and they're doing it from home so it's like Tim Allen and the other guy, they're watching him live, some of it. Right, okay. So they're like, hey, you have an hour to put this together. Or they'll be like, um, for this episode, it was an hour to make a, uh, like, a, what do you call it? A, a food, like, card table, uh, a food tray. Yeah, right. That yeah. that you would put on the chair, and it, would have to, be, and it would have to be, like, level. Okay. And, like, not spill over. So right. they were trying to build that. And then they get rid of one person, and then two people go forward oh, okay. and build the rest of the stuff. Nice. And this was a uh, this one was a lawnmower, yeah, with all the stuff like a trimmer on it, and so they but the, sent but the lawnmower the parts. Yeah, they sent a lawnmower and like a recliner oh, and a okay. bunch of tools, and they had to kind of put it together. Ah, oh, that sounds so, cool. Yeah, no, it was really cool, and and they watch <laughs> it live, awesome. or at least yeah. most of it. And they, they have, a, I saw like an earpiece, so they talk to him. So they're like, oh, what are you doing there? And they're like chatting back and forth. Nice. Um, no, yeah, it, was, it, was, it was cool. Yeah, that, it's like, yeah, it's like a maker version of Forged in Fire, where, you know, the judges would normally be there in the room with you. So they right. kind of talk to you while you're working. But now, obviously, because of COVID and all their, you know, all sorts of different versions of these type of things are out now, which is, yeah, that's cool. I like it. Yeah. So, and it, it, it was cool because. Because of the pandemic stuff, right? They're not sending. They're they probably they probably would have done it all in shop, right? Right. Like like yeah. Forge and Fire and every other reality show, every every cooking show, right? But this sets it apart a little bit, and you get to see all these different people's shops. Yeah, that's cool. And they get to work in their shop, so you see them running around grabbing the stuff they know is. It's actually really really interesting. Right. As I say, yeah, and Chris has like the craziest shop. Yeah. <laughs> like the only person yeah. I know who has like a, a wilder shop than Chris is like Jimmy Duresta. <laughs> Chris has like everything. That's like his whole thing. He's just like a shop, a shop geek, man. That dude loves tools. Have everything, make hats. everything. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Have everything, make everything. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, I think Tim Allen even said that. He's like, ah, you got a big shop. What do you do? You know, it's, um, I, I love Tim Allen. So and like, I'm, uh, I'm I make from, everything. <laughs> it's oh, uh, kind sense. of the. 
Yeah. <laughs> they they didn't yeah, he, he never shouted out the name. I guess they didn't either let him. Oh yeah. Or, probably or he not. did. I know it did say like internet blah blah blah. I think he may have said YouTuber. Oh okay. it was like one of the things he does. Like, hey, I used to be a mechanic and blah blah blah. You know, they do the little intro sh- spiel thing. Right. And now I do these videos online, blah blah blah. And, um <laughs> Yeah, that's they always say that. Like I've heard other people talk about that on from, from Forge and Fire that they they definitely don't they don't want you to promote your it's like they don't want to pr- you promote yourself That's other such... than there's no pr- yeah you can't like promote yourself at all god forbid yeah all other than just being there and being yourself like <laughs> right. isn't this isn't this part of the thing like to to highlight the community and promote people and help them out like but yeah no there's like nothing there's no and i think that's even from what i've heard and again i'm just talking from what i've heard you know that's that's kind of what the allure of it is is like oh you're going to be on forge and fire and everyone's going to see you and everyone's going to know who you are and right. then and i think that they even like that's kind of how they talk it up a little bit when they're you know then when they're getting people to come on yeah and then there's and then you can't even you can't like wear a shirt that has your own name on it like you can't do any of that right like you cannot promote yourself at all it's just crazy other than the fact that then you know people can see your shop and then they might look you up online but I mean, it also might be some because they don't want to have any brands that are copyrighted in the, in now or in the future. Right. So yeah. if you were to one day, uh, if Chris was to take Make Everything and it to be, uh, I mean, I'm sure he's got some business stuff to it, but right. even more yeah. even more so and bigger and he started to sell a lot of stuff, then they'd have his, his logo and his brandage all over their stuff. Right. Yeah. And they might have to, then you got to like pay up. So, I mean, I. I don't know if it's a malicious intent, like, you know, whatever, right, yeah, F you, but I think thing, it's just yeah. a legal thing covering their butts. But if it were me, I would try to sneak some logos in the background or something. Right. Put up a big sign in the background, <laughs> whatever your shop was. <laughs> but I, it's, yeah, right, exactly. it, it's it's cool to do it, and you meet people, and, and it, I, th- I think it's a great thing. And it was a little... Um, it's a reality show, so it's there's some forced stuff. Right. Yeah. I I thought the contestants did good, but the the two, yeah, you know, Tim Allen and the other guy, it was a little it's just it's just reality show. Right. You so can tell what, you can tell when they're like talking about something forced. I feel yeah. like they should just be but now see I'm so I'm so used to YouTube style now. Yeah. Where, Everything's yeah, so so much natural. time to breathe and everyone's yeah. usually talking pretty natural and now all the reality just seems so corny because everything's yeah. like, and there's music the whole time. I mean, we have we have a lot of music in long videos, but they have like dun dun dun, 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 dun like every right. second, <laughs> and and it keeps changing every three seconds. Like they say something, right? It's 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 this fake building of drama. There's no drama there, but the music builds it up so you you feel it a little bit, but it's you know it's it's not there, right? <laughs> it's yeah, <weird. laughs> yeah. What um what. What part did uh, April Wilkerson play? Was she like with she's the host a, um, talking, or is she like on site? She she was like in the background doing fiddling around with stuff, but she's like there. I guess she's their know it all person. Ah, gotcha. Like okay. April, what do you think he's doing here? She's their, she's their expert. I guess she or yeah, she's the expert or the pro kind of, but she cause, you know she does what she does. So, and I think she also right. in this one. I won't. Well, she set she set up a part to fail. Also, oh, <laughs> on the on the on the on the mowers, 
So that was that was actually that was good. That was funny. I enjoyed that <laughs> Cut part. Cut the gas line and like. <laughs> so they did do. So there was something with the engine. I won't. I won't. Okay. Um, it's a pretty simple fix, but if you don't know to look for it, right? Yeah. The tractor wouldn't start up. You know. So. Right. Yeah, it's like the throttle cable on my uh, on my truck. <laughs> I was like, I was like, holy shit! Like I got no throttle. I just like coasted back home, and then you know got a little bit enough to get home. And I'm looking at okay, there's a logical answer to what's happening. Like let me look at the very the basics, it's right? The Let's go easiest. Back to basics. <laughs> yeah. Where's the throttle cable? Where does it hit the engine? Right, when there's like, a, yeah, that doesn't look like it's attached right. Click it back on. The engine works perfectly. You know, right. like like if there was a, if it was an ep- episode about engines, I'd be screwed. You know, because like I'm not an engine person, but I do have a logical mindset when it comes to making things, and I can understand how, like you said, if it's something that if you understand just kind of how to look around and understand basics, you'd probably be able to make that work. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, but that that was cool. So everyone should watch that. Support yeah. another person on the makery and a yeah. YouTuber and. That was great. So, uh, congrats on a good show there, Chris. Yeah, and uh, also this if we're if we're if we're shouting out the maker, the makery network. Um, again, yeah, that that episode of Knife Talk was really awesome. Um, again, it was interna- International Women's Day, so uh, Holly Loftus took over and did and did interviews for I think five or six different women, uh, different women makers. Let me see. She had one, two, three, four. She had five other makers, and then including herself. So. Um, Vanessa, uh, their their um, their Instagram handles are Vanessa Knives, Elaine uh, Eliana LeBlanc, Grace Horn Designs, the Drez Destroyer D R E S T R O Y E R Destroyer, and uh, Delena. <laughs> These are all like female makers, and you know that's like five of the or six of the forty female knife makers, you know, kind of in the world. So I was <laughs> yeah. listening to this and I was t- telling Corinne, my daughter, I'm like, you should get into knife making. Cause you know, like a, an 11 year old knife maker, you'd, you'd be able to make it so quick if you got into it now and, you know, even started posting some stuff about it. And, and, uh, she's, she's kind of showed a little bit of an interest over the years uh, on the stuff, but not really. I mean, she likes to make stuff occasionally, but, um, you know, she's, also well, yeah, like just, cont- so. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Continue to make, get her making stuff. Yeah. It's such a, yeah. uh, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, we don't have anyone taking over our podcast today, but you might be able to hear my daughter crying in the background. So <laughs> she's kind of taking over if you hear that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and I, I was talking to my daughter about it specifically because right now I'm working on a knife for my wife and we're not, we're not filming it for the channel, but it's something that I actually almost wanted to make it really quickly. Like I was like, oh, I'm going to make this knife. I have this blank ready to go. And I had an idea for the shape of the knife, and my wife had asked me about making one for her that was kind of smaller, like the one I made for my daughter. And um, and so I've been working on that, and then working, and I posted some pictures on Instagram of what I'm doing for the plan. And the more I kind of got into it, and the more questions I asked Nicole, you know, the more she started getting into it as well. So now, like, it's going to have, the knife's going to have... Um, some silver birch, like a silver curly birch handle, so like a traditional puko, as well as some uh, stabilized dyed, uh, like a teal dyed maple burl, and then uh, some some steel uh, washers or um, or liners and stuff. Or um, it's going to be a hidden tang knife, but uh, but it was really fun. Like I made, I did the drawings, I had the the knife, um, the blade kind of ready to go. She wanted to have a like a forged texture on it, and so in the past I've done some stuff where. You know, I'll just, I'll do the heat treat and there's forged scale that's actually left on the blade. But she was like, yeah, it might be kind of cool to have some of the texture, like a forged texture. So I, so I did some texturing on it and, and then I, uh, 
we were kind of thinking about the size of the handle and so we had a kind of a size in mind based off of the other knives I've made and the small ones and so she came up with a size that she liked and so I made a wooden prototype of that handle size mm. or the whole the whole knife basically I was going to make just the handle and then actually drill it out and be able to slide in the blade just to have it like you know there done pretty quickly but um but I ended up making just the whole knife because it's just out of a piece of pine board and super simple to do. Uh, but but by doing that, we realized that the handle was still too small. Like she wanted a small handle, but that was just too small, like a quarter of an inch too small. So I just went back down to the shop. I ground the end of the handle flat, glued on a new piece, reshaped it, added an extra quarter of an inch, and then brought it back upstairs and gave it to my wife. And she was like, that's perfect. That feels exactly like what I want. You know, so it was kind of cool to like work through that process of uh, – actually making a prototype of something so you can get the right feel for it. So little tip for knife makers. If you want to kind of get that feel, make yourself a prototype out of wood. And it also, you know, it's kind of fun to have it and also work on, you know, grinding the bevels and things because I put in obviously not like super sharp, but I still ground in the bevels kind of how I wanted to have them on the blade. And it's right. good to get the hang of that. You know, if you're, if you're working on getting better grinding bevels, either freehand or with a jig, you know, do it with some wood. It goes quick, and you can kind of get a practice and get a feel of that of that process that process going back and forth. But yeah, so did that. I've been working on that, um, and uh, reached out to a local blacksmith, you know, local to me here in northern Baltimore County, uh, Randy Slaysman, and I went up and talked to him, and he definitely knew exactly what to do for our post vice. Uh, because on the last episode, we were talking about the post vice and having to get some ex- expert help to help us braise or weld back on the keys on the, the screw box that keep the screw box from spinning when you actually screw the handle into it. And, uh, yeah, he looked at it right away and was like, oh, I absolutely know how it was made, you know, what it was. It's definitely wrought iron. They used, like, a, you know, copper brazing or brass bronze brazing or whatever it was. And so he, he knew exactly what it was. And he was like, yeah, it'd be super easy. And he saw where there was, like, other bronze around the barrel of the of the screw box and he was like they definitely you know put he was like they put some around here to make it nice and slippery blah 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 like he's like yeah no problem we can take care of it so he was ready to do it right then really quickly but uh but i wanted to get it a little bit on camera if we could so we talked about it and so Devin and i are going to go back up this week and uh get a couple shots he's he didn't he didn't really want to be on camera talking but he was happy to have us like there filming what he was doing so I was like, that's perfect. We'll just, we'll just, you know, talk a little bit about going to the shop and then we'll get some shots of it and then that'll be in the video. So it'd be kind of cool. Did you make the keys for it? I haven't yet. No, but I will. Yeah. So, so it had one key when I got it and that key was loose on the top. So, um, instead of using that one, I'm going to make another key for the top, but there's also a space for another key on the bottom. So it's actually keyed on the top and bottom, which goes through that, that, uh, um, static jaw so you have the main jaw that's static jaw with the screw box attached to it and the dynamic jaw which moves based off of screwing and unscrewing the handle so um that you know the actual screw box goes through the jaw if you have seen post vices the the screw goes through the jaws and then it opens and closes it um so i'm making both those keys but they're not they're not super hard it's just something like grinding a piece of you know mild steel or annealed steel down to the right shape and just making a little key part that slides in uh, to the ring behind it, which 
you'll have to actually see on our video to understand what I'm talking about because it's kind of hard to explain it <laughs> just uh, <laughs> through words. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. So so we're I don't think we're actually going to film the keys uh, because we didn't really have enough time to do that before I had to be up there and I know you were not feeling wonderful this week. So glad to hear you're feeling better. Yeah, I think it's just a. A little something. It only lasts the one day, so yeah, not not worried about it. Right, exactly. Yeah, we'll just get we'll just get a picture of the keys. It's not it's not a big deal. Again, it's just like grinding down and shaping these keys out of out of the steel. And it's not like yeah. a key. If you guys are listening, it's not a key key. It's if if you if you're familiar with any type of uh, electric motor or a motor that spins a wheel to drive, you know, spins a drive wheel. Well, you have to you have a round shaft, and then to be able to put a wheel on that shaft and have it spin. You know, just the same speed as the shaft. Well, you have to have something that holds it on the shaft, and that's when you have what's called a key. So you cut out a channel, and you have a piece of metal that slides into that channel on the shaft, but it also slides into the channel on the wheel. So it's taller than the shaft, and it's you know fits into both things. So it keeps it keeps the the wheel and the shaft spinning together. So that's what it is. It's it's a key, um, just a metal, uh, you know, a metal rectangular bar that will be welded or brazed onto the screw box so it keeps the screw box from spinning when you spin the handle there we go yeah yeah that'd be fun yeah yeah so uh making a knife from a circular saw blade which is kind of which is the uh the video that we're going to talk about today because it kind of goes into um you know kind of getting back to the basics of of making and uh which you know relates to your quote and and just kind of the idea of what what would you need to get started in making knives? Um, and when I first started making knives, I made them a certain way based off of the bare minimum of research I did at the time. This is back when I was, I guess, an undergrad. So it might have been 2003, 2002, 2003, 2004, somewhere. I don't remember exactly what year I started, but I was uh, in college at the time. And uh, wanted we, I started going backpacking a little bit more often with my with my friends from college, and wanted to have a nice uh, like a fixed blade knife to go backpacking with. And I had bought a couple other like cheesy ones over the year, and so over the years, so I decided to make my own. <laughs> and uh, started looking up online ways to do that, and found that you could use old circular saw blades. Mm. So that's what we did for that video. Um, and it was kind of cool. It was it was cool going back to that process. So, you know, taking a circular saw blade, cutting out the shape, basically the profile of the blade, and then you're you're back to, um, you know, stock removal, right? So you have the stock. It's flat. The blade's already, it's, it's hardened. It's heat treated to withstand, like, the heat of going through wood at a really high speed. So they're not great for overall hardness, but they're acceptable for beginner blades, which is the whole point. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, and, and I I read, I remember reading at one point, someone was like, well, you know, they're not great because they don't hold an edge very long. But the nice thing about that is that you can sharpen them pretty easily if you're out in the field. You can just put right. a little wet stone and it sharpens up really good. Um, mm-hmm. And so that that was always kind of a, a benefit. And that was one of the things that I was kind of retold myself when I was like, no, that's not a very good knife. But I'm yeah, like, no, it's easy to sharpen out in the field if I need to. Right. Yeah. Or you have the lightest sharpener can be a stone out 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 in the bush but also a a single sheet of uh sandpaper yeah exactly you don't get you don't get much lighter than paper right yeah bring yeah bring you bring that you you bring that along and you'll you'll be set 
right? Lay it flat in your hand and just and mm-hmm. it would work perfectly fine for for putting you know an edge on it, which would work perfectly fine for a, a, you know a small amount of time. And that's the thing too. It's like when you're when you're using the knife, usually you're using it to process firewood or cut up some meat or something, do some food. You know, for camping, it's not. It, I wasn't I wasn't expecting this to be a survival knife. You know, like it didn't need to be. Right. You know, it didn't need to last if I was going to be out in the world wilderness for a month. You know, it didn't need to last and stay sharp that whole, excuse me, that whole time. Um, but I knew that, you know, they were at the time as, as acceptable. And it got me into knife making in a way that was accessible. Mm. You know, I could mm-hmm. find old circular saw blades. They weren't that hard to find. You know, I find them at, at, uh, at yard sales and and like my dad had some and and i at the school at, at my undergrad maryland institute college of art there's like a big wood shop and a metal shop and so there are always old used blades around so i would snag right. those and you know cut them up and make them into knives and stuff and and, you know, and like yeah. like we said it's the basics you're learning how to put a handle on you're learning yep. about bevels different shapes of bevels how you can do it um and all that stuff you take with you in every knife build right exactly yeah yeah so that was kind of the fun part about making that video was that by that point i had already progressed like past hardening and heat treating and and liner material and just lots of different stuff all the all the finer details of knife making had gone further yeah. past the original the basics but it was cool to go back to the basics and you know i cut it out with with an angle grinder four inch angle grinder which is something that is very easily you know, accessible, something that ever, you know, a lot of people have, um, I use my sanders, like, but at the time I had the, the like four by 36, just a bench top sander, kind of really common woodworking and shop sander. It's not like I was using a two by 72. Um, I did right. have the one by 30 in that video, but kind of only use that to just work on the handle a little bit. But, um, that is one thing though, if you're getting into, if you're, if you think you want to get into knife baking, Right, you want to start. You want to try to start making your first knife. Um, I would highly encourage anyone who wants to make a knife to buy a one by thirty grinder, uh, and buy the one from Harbor Freight. You know, it costs like fifty bucks, and you can get a twenty percent discount code or something, you know, and and you <laughs> right. know, get it for forty five dollars. But that grinder, compared to any other belt sander or tabletop sander for woodworking, is a hundred times better for knife making. Mm. Um, you can get the different grit belts. It's a good speed. You know, it's one speed, but it's a good speed. You can get lots of different belts. You can buy good quality belts in one by 30 and you can, uh, it has a platen. So it has a, a, a piece of metal that's behind the belt that gives you the spot to put pressure against. That's the same width as the belt. So you can grind plunge right. lines. You can get all the way up to that edge of that belt and work that edge which is pretty important and it has like a nice little spot above the platen which you can use as like a slack belt and i mean i still use my one by 30 all the time actually uh i saw um adam uh was adam adam gray Air, Al, Air, uh, AA, from aa knives yeah aa knives um yeah he uh he uses one by 30 for all of his sharpening for his knives for his yeah, whole right, sharpening right. system is using one by thirty, which is what I do as well. You know, kind of do some stuff on the on the larger ones, the two by forty two or two by seventy two or the two by forty two, um, and then I always switch back down to the uh, to the one by thirty to do the final sharpening because it's it's just a belt, yeah. you know, a nice a nice belt that's thin and smooth, and you have you have that platen as well as the uh, the slack portion, which is really nice. So, 
Yeah, if but it yeah, works, it, was, it works. Yeah, yeah. So, so using, I mean, I use some of those, but again, those are kind of common tools. Um, but when I started out, it was just using a Dremel to cut out the profile. I use a little drum sander mm-hmm. bit on the Dremel to sand all those curves, and then uh, and then mm-hmm. file in the bevels, which was which again takes some time, but can be done. Oof. And uh, yeah, I was I was <laughs> watching this video. I was like, man, I stood there the whole time he filed those. That filed in the those bevels. bevels. That was brutal. <laughs> By hand with the file. Yep. Oh and gosh. I remember, yeah, in the video, I remember, I remember, I was watching it again today, so we could talk about it. But I'm using kind of an older file. It was fine. It was cutting okay. But then I reached. Over, I was like, oh, let me. I have this brand new Nicholson 12 inch mill bastard file. Let me grab that one and try it. And it was, yeah, cut a, a thousand times better. So that actually. Oh yeah. yeah. I was like, your response. Your response. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. That's where I was. What was I doing? I um, I watched. <laughs> I watched it at uh, one and a half speed. Oh, nice. <laughs> which I, I've actually never done. Like, it bothers me. I know a lot of people do. They'll watch certain things at that speed. Right. Um, but, oh, it always bothers me. But trust me, I've seen that video so many, more than anyone else. So I don't need to see it again all the way through at normal speed. But it was kind of fun. Like, the music was upbeat, you know? <laughs> yeah right <laughs> i was like yeah this stuff is nice it's great <laughs> and uh it, it was cool i i don't normally i wouldn't i wouldn't do that if i was checking it obviously to right, go out yeah. and, and like while editing but it was nice i got the idea of it and i got to see all i got to remember the points like um you doing the uh what was it oh the angle grinder jig and you putting in the holes so you could you know, instead of turning it on, running it, and then dropping it into your angle grinder jig. Right, yeah. Someone had left a comment saying, just put a couple holes in the side so you can put it in safely and then switch it on. And that was right. that was cool, and you did that in video. And that's still, I think, a video we should do, just building the angle grinder jig. I mean, it's nothing, right. nothing crazy, but it would, so many people liked it, and it is a cool thing if that's all you have. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, that's taking that angle grinder and making a jig like that takes it. It takes your angle grinder and makes it into a bench grinder. You know, right. it's like, like you have a spinning bench grinder. If we don't have one, but you do have an angle grinder, you can do that. Maybe, yeah, we could do that and make it maybe make it a little safer, like put a latch system on top or something. So it won't jump out. But, you know, and I never had that problem, you know, but I understand how I could have had that problem if it wasn't like that. That jig held that grinder really tight. You know, it always right. it's like slid so, down in really tight, so it wasn't. If someone doesn't do it as as it. as tight, you put some pressure yeah. on that, and it just pops it right. It'll pop it right. Yeah, out. you're right. Just have a just have a safety latch. Yeah, all you have to have is just like a little a little hinged piece of wood that flips over top with a little latch, and you're good to go. And then it, yeah. you don't have to worry about it coming out. Yeah, there there have been quite a few comments on people being like, "You got to be really careful about that grinder jig." Blah 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 blah. You know, like, there's a reason why they don't we don't do that with them, or there's a reason why you clamp your piece down and you go to it with the grinder instead of the other way around. But <laughs> but I don't know, I always liked it. I thought it worked perfectly. <laughs> you know, I was like, "Oh, this is great," because then I can control the I I could I feel like I could tr- could control the piece a lot better than I could control the grinder. You know, kind of work up to it and and use it to do the profile, which always you know worked pretty well. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's a dangerous tool anyway. Right, exactly. Yeah. This is why we have a $50,000 CNC machine, you know, so, so you don't have to use those. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, yeah I get it. Sense. Thanks. But 
<laughs> going back to uh your your comment about the music um and being at the fast pace that was funny but uh i did i i was looking through some of the comments and i have some of them some to chat about but this is uh, this is one this is from uh, a guy tim vent this is from a from a youtube comment he says at 1810 strikes the punch and at that instant an acoustic guitar riff i love it I'm a musician and totally mesmerized by the artistry of making a blade in the background music. A great video. So, yeah, that was I definitely noticed that too. It's like hit that, you know, and you do it a lot with the music and stuff. You get it. You have it. You have it timed really well with with what we're doing. And yeah, and obviously the more the better. You've gotten better over the years, and I've noticed that sometimes I'll go back and listen, watch some of the earlier videos, and I'm like, oh, it's you know the music was kind of loud or, mm. or the, it didn't cut, you know kind of faded out really quickly, and I never like notice that anymore so yeah well that was that was a software thing right yeah i was i was running on free software i forget what it was called hollywood something <laughs> on a 10 year old computer right and it's yeah. just i couldn't you couldn't it just couldn't render everything at once right so like half the stuff wouldn't even play so you couldn't really hear it, so you're just trying to you're guessing it was a lot of guesswork <laughs> you know that's amazing because it doesn't look like that <laughs> like yeah there's there's some things but it just yeah, like if, I mean, if I didn't norm- know our videos, you know, I would be, I wouldn't have, never have noticed it. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I knew what probably what it should be, right? I had that. Right. Yeah. There, there's your basics again. I knew how the edit should look, and right. probably where the audio uh, file should dip in and out, but I couldn't watch them back in real time. So yeah. by the time I had exported it, some of the stuff, I was just, just like, well, that's just how it's going to be. Right. Yeah. But that that's why you need a good editing computer and. Yeah. So, so you're not fighting with it all the time. You just need it to, you need like like your file, right? Yeah. You're yeah. fight you're fighting a doll file. It's just right. gonna make everything. It's gonna make everything worse and a lot harder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spend the money. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're serious about making videos or making knives, you know, it's like after you after you try a few ways with the cheap stuff, then you decide, okay, now maybe it's time to get the more expensive stuff. It's gonna make my life easier. But I've I've gotten enough time and investment into it knowing that i want to continue so then spend the time and spend the money on some better tools right yeah um so yeah i uh i was looking through the comments as well before you continue to explain the process um yeah that's the video with that is that our second one over a million is that the one it is yep okay so a lot of views, but a lot of comments come with that. And I realized yeah. we haven't responded to maybe half of them. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> half of the 22,000 comments. Or no, <laughs> no the, the, there's like, I think there was uh, like 1.4. Th- it was 1,400 maybe oh, no. comments. Gotcha. Yeah. I think what happens, for one, there, a lot of them do come in. We get a lot of comments. And obviously that's not our only video we're getting comments on. Right. So, but also when an older video comes through, I think, and I know what I do, if, if I've heard the question before, right. I, I, we won't really respond. Yeah. Or, or it's like the third time or the fourth time we've had the same question. Yeah. (laughs) And I know, I know people can't, aren't going to go into the comments and like search through stuff to find their question. I wish we could like, I wish we could have like a FAQ section or like. I know maybe we can tag some questions to the top. Maybe we should do that. Something yeah, like that. Mark them. So they, idea. so like, here's everything you might want to know. Or a year in, in all the videos, we, we make our own comment that sits at the top that says, 
this is how long it took. This is why I didn't wear this. This is <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, we do it, do an FAQ at the top. This is, right. this is the FAQ question. Now, now this video has been out for a year and we've gotten all the questions at least five or six times. <laughs> These, right. This but, is the answer to all those main questions. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like people will still ask me every couple of days on that video. Why didn't you heat treat the blade? <laughs> and like, other than the fact right. that I, right. I never really talked about it in the, in the episode is why I didn't, Except for the fact that I did introduce the project as like, this is this, this is why I'm doing it, this is how I started, and and I'm using a circular saw blade because it's already hardened. Right. Um, but if you don't, if you're not really paying attention to that point, all you notice is that there's a there's a guy making a knife, and at no point do you see the heat treating process. Right. And if you watch any knife making videos on YouTube, that's <laughs> half the fun is the heat treating process because you get right. to heat it up and you get to quench it, and mm-hmm. you know that's the fun. It's fun. That's a fun part to see. Um, so yeah, yeah, I still get those every couple of days. Someone's asking, why didn't you heat treat it? Wouldn't have this been better if you heat treated it? Well, of course it would have been better if I heat treated it, but, but that was the whole point of the, of the video was that it wasn't a heat treated knife. And that's, that's why you can get into it. And that's why it's accessible because you just cut it out of a, of a circular saw blade and you keep it cool when you're doing your process and, and hand filing the bevels does that, right? Cause you're not oh, using yeah, right, a grinder you, right. to heat up the blade. Yeah. Yeah. So. And it's funny, I I was watching, watching, so I I kind of, I did the marker on the blade and then drew a line so that way I know how high to grind my bevels. And then I think I was doing hand sanding and it was, it was because the blade was pretty, pretty thin and the bevels went deep, you know, they were kind of a saber grind instead of a Scandinavian. So I went Mm -hmm. about halfway up the blade. I couldn't keep the line really crisp, the top of the bevel line crisp with hand sanding. Yeah. And eventually I just was like, fuck it. And just like hand sanded the whole blade so it's like this is a convex blade now and it's not it's no longer like a saber grind it's a convex grind from the top to the bottom (laughs) i just like sand it all the way out (laughs) and and that actually made more sense because the idea was that it was kind of a kitcheny knife you know kind of my idea was that it's a perfect knife to take backpack or to take camping like car right and we i mean put the bottle opener on the back yeah right i mean and a a million people say like you don't need that you could just use the edge of the blade anyway yeah but it it was cool i put it on my first knife and i just added it i said i suggested it to dustin just because it's a cool extra thing and it makes a cool thumbnail and obviously it worked because <laughs> it's our second highest <laughs> it's got a video views now. Yeah, so right, exactly. the thumbnail of it opening a beer is cool i mean and you can't really see it that clearly but it's it's interesting yeah it just adds something else to it yeah right exactly yeah yeah and that was you know that was the thing i knew kind of at that point when when i was doing the drawings i realized at that point that it would it would it kind of looked like a kitchen knife to me it's like, oh, this is really cool. It can be kind of a camping kitchen knife, mm-hmm, so it can still right. be used as a regular knife, mm-hmm. but it's going to have a little bit, you know, the blade's going to be a little wider, so that way when you are using it, your fingers will be up off the cutting board or whatever, a little bit better. And and uh, I made, I did make a little leather sheath for it after the fact. That's just, it just, the sheath just um, covers the blade, and it actually is, it keeps the uh, bottle opener exposed. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So you can yeah. use yeah. the bottle opener when the blade, when the sheath's actually in the blade. Right. The blade's and, in the and, sheath. Is right. Cool. And you don't have to worry about you holding it and cutting yourself. You know, you know, you're holding yeah. the handle, but yeah, it just right. gives a little. Um, yeah. And it wasn't like the idea was that it would be something that would live in the like um, utensil box. Yeah. Right. It's not right, not right. going to be on your hip, so it didn't need that. It was just a cover for the blade, and then be able to still use it to open beers and stuff. So, and I've taken it camping. 
eight times since I made it. So <laughs> it's, it's always worked out great. So I'm super happy with it. <laughs> it can always open that, that a uh, beer opener won't get dull. <laughs> exactly. I've used it to open many a beer. <laughs> yeah. Does it, I, does it live in your um, utensil box? It's actually in my utensil drawer in, ah. in my kitchen. And then okay, when I go cool. camping, I throw it into the into the camping gear. Yeah, it's great. Because I always used to, I always used to take a, a, like a camp a chef's knife or something. I, I had a just a um, a cardboard sheath that I would slide it in to take it with me, so we'd have a knife when we're camping, right? To, for food prep, and that that's now my my mm-hmm. camping knife. So that's the one. But yeah, it was fun, you know. And I I really liked that video because, like I said, you know, I walked through that process. The handle is just a wood handle. There's no liners. Um, I, I do realize that I never actually said the type of wood it is. That's it's wenge, which is a, a really dark wood, but it has a lighter brown. Um, the grain is either almost completely black or a dark brown, and you get this really beautiful pattern in it. So, I yeah, love, I really like using wenge um, because once you oil it, it's really dark, but it still has that grain pattern that like something like ebony doesn't have. You know, so right. And there, I I noticed in watching how it was shot. I um I think a mis- maybe a mistake I did early on and people don't notice or they don't care it doesn't really matter in a close up <laughs> right. but my thought is that when I uh, well if I'm doing close ups when it's like a wide and then a tight sometimes I want it to be thought that there's more than one camera Right, because that that's how shows are uh, shows are done. Usually, three camera shoot, or you have two cameras. You got one person on the wide, and then you got one close up looking at whatever yeah. they're handling. Right, that's the idea is to cheat that a little bit. Because after we do any any intro or any beauty thing, or Dustin's handling something, right after while it, while it's it's fresh in both our minds, we shoot the insert. Right. So Dustin just kind of stands there and mimics like he's doing the stuff that he just did, and and I shoot it from a different angle. Mm-hmm. And but to make that work, you have to stand far enough back where it could be a camera, not in the frame. And in in this uh, one, I right. I was I was getting right up on you, uh, and it was like a wide, like I was all the way wide, and like yeah. close up on you. And it's kind of a cool, funky look, but it doesn't. It's not necessarily what I'm going for. That's so I, funny. I've I've never, you've never mentioned that before. And that makes so much sense now. Like every time you do those inserts, it's always from the side and you're Mm -hmm. always like far enough away that you wouldn't be in the frame if you were a second camera person at the same time. Now that's not like, and I don't think about it all the time, but especially when we're doing those, those inserts where we do the intro or we talk about something and then we do inserts, you never like get an insert shot straight from the front. It's always from the side. Mm -hmm. It's always from like, you would be off screen. That's so funny. Oh, cool. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> right. A trick and for, uh, you for zoom you YouTubers out there. <laughs> yeah, you zoom all the way in like you would on yeah. a long, long lens. It makes make it makes it look nice too. You know the depth yeah. of field, but um, that's the idea. And and everything oh, okay. people are off to the side, so you don't have jump cuts, right? Yeah. Especially when yeah. you're shooting a show or a live show, you have everyone lined up in a in a semicircle around the center object. And when right. you're cutting, when you're cutting back and forth, okay, there's the guitarist hands playing. All right, back wide again. It's not that jump cut straight ahead. You know, it's off right, the side. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Crazy. So I, I, for whatever reason, I wasn't doing it either that day, or you know, I was like wide up close, like I was right on you. I was probably right up two feet away from you. 
Right. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't, that's not working. Obviously, I couldn't be there. The camera guy could not be there. Huh. <laughs> so yeah. they know they know I'm la- I'm right there. Right. That's so funny. Yeah. It's like you have to suspend belief. Right? Yeah. That's, like we kind of talked about that in the last episode. Like watching a movie and zooming in and getting your you're in the whole thing. Like there's nothing that takes you out of the scene. Yeah. And I, and, I don't uh, think it really matters because like yeah, like right. you said, I mean you. You didn't even notice when I was doing it necessarily, so I never maybe, understood. Maybe, yeah, I never understood it for that purpose specifically. Right, but that makes right. total sense. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and I mean, That's people great. appreciate a close up anyway, no matter how you do it. Right, but I, I, I was going for a certain thing. I, I didn't do it in that one. I don't know, but yep. Um, I was so. Let's see. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, at the end, you know, we we put the handles together. I uh, one thing I want to say is that I used. Uh, brass rod it's just one eighth inch brass rod i used to buy it and i still do buy it from lowe's you can buy it from you know i i say lowe's specifically because i can't find it at all other big box hardware stores because <laughs> home depot doesn't have it but lowe's always does have <laughs> it so in their in their kind of metal you know tiny little metal section they have there's just this you know thin brass rod and i've used i use that for years for pins for um, handle pins one eighth inch and it works really well, and it you know that that rod fits well. It's soft enough that you know you can peen it over if you want to do some like peened ends, or just uh, kind of scuff it up and use it in your handles. But use that. Wenge is the wood again. You know there are a lot of people who asked about the wood, um, and there are a lot of people who asked about um, what what the oil was at the end. I didn't mention that as well. And again, this was one of those things where over the years we we use the same things, so I we don't think to like oh we don't have to say this. Again, because we've said it in, you know, t- 20 other videos. Right. But then you have those people who are watching it who never watched those other videos and they're, they're concerned. So, yeah. So the oil that I use is boiled linseed oil. And most recently, I think like within the last couple of days, uh, Ruben A. Mendoza asked that question. What was the oil? So, Ruben, it was boiled <laughs> linseed oil. <laughs> I thought yeah. I was, I saw that and then I started going back through the comments and I was like, Oh, there's another person asked. There's no, I should have like written all the names down for all of these people. <laughs> this is what it was. <laughs> but I figured, you know, I get the, the person who, re, who asked most recently. <laughs> yeah. I, I was reading one comment. It said something, um, to the effect of like, I liked the video and all, but couldn't you just like add the, the grits you were using? Like, <laughs> why didn't you just come on? Like, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I don't know because it's a video for free. Like, yeah, oh, we didn't, like, we don't, we don't always give you all the information. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't buy a knife making video from us. <laughs> you mean like in the when I was talk, like, well, talking, like, well, you some some in the, no, in, the, in, the in, in the video, you I don't think we showed all the grits. Like sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. Right. Yeah. As and you go through one, them, you showed a bunch. Yeah. Yeah, but she's <laughs> like, I mean, couldn't you just like add it? <laughs> like, yeah, I guess. Like. Sorry, sorry. The right, free, exactly. Sorry, the free video didn't have all the information you needed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people. Yeah, people. Uh, yeah. Craig Lockwood always says on the knife talk, people. It's free. <laughs> it's free. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and it's couldn't you just become a patron and ask that question on Patreon? <laughs> yeah. And then I would give you that information. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be happy to. No. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, there's a uh there's a new b- button apparently coming out on YouTube. And I think I've seen some people have it. It's like an applause button, which is like a tip button. Oh, nice. So that now I I I love it and hate it. I love it because 
if people want to support any YouTube channel, you can yeah. do it. And like, if you really appreciate something, I think it's like the denominations are two, ten, twenty, fifty. Like that's right. it. Right. And and I think they said it. So you can only give so much a day. So it's you don't have a kid like oh yeah going to their favorite uh, streamer and like give them a thousand dollars. You know. Yeah. But I like that. I like the idea because I even I feel like I'd give some people two dollars. Yeah, right. And pay, uh, Patreon's nice, and we we get a little bit from that, and we we've bought gear for it now, and it's it's awesome. But that is it's a it's a big thing for people to subs- like get another another monthly bill. Yeah, right. Because people, I mean, obviously, we all have enough monthly bills, so it's like one more thing's like, no, I'm not going to go through all that, you know? Right, exactly. Yeah. So just a one-time two dollar thing is, I, I, I love the idea of that. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, you see a video that you really enjoy, you're like, man, that was great. Like, yeah, or, I got yeah. a ton out of that. I'd love to, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, I think Brian House, he he did uh, on his channel, he had. He used to t- he used to kind of shout it out a lot, but it was like buy me a coffee, or basically you right. just it's kind of that thing, it's yeah. just a way to just send a tip. But basically, but like even even that thing. even that the idea is you have to go to like another website, yeah, and, right. and do you it and sign in and put in your stuff and yeah. YouTube right. it, it the button that I've seen is like right next to the thumbs up or thumbs down. Right. I think I think it's great. The only thing I don't like is I think YouTube takes like thirty percent. Oh, dagger. Which I mean, they take a lot <laughs> off AdSense anyway, but you don't right. think about it because you don't see exactly how much you're getting. Right. You just yeah. see what they've given you. Mm-hmm. But if someone donated fifty dollars to you, yeah, they they would take their thirty. It's like, ah, oh, man, can't you like? It's a direct payment from one person to the other. Yeah. Right. Can you can you imagine Venmo or Cash App asking for thirty percent when you want to <laughs> give money to someone? Yeah, <laughs> no, no way. I know the little teeny percentage they do take is always like, oh, yeah, you're right. You know, like, I'd rather just give someone the twenty dollar bill instead of sending them twenty bucks to Venmo because, <laughs> and I'm losing money. You know, right, like, right. Convenience. So you're paying for convenience, but so even something like that. Like, I mean, take a transaction fee, fine, like everyone else does. Yeah, right. But thirty, like, and then that stops people from wanting to give. Also, right. Of course. They're like, oh, do I want to give a couple bucks to Google? No, no, I don't. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think they're all right without my money. Yeah, uh, and so, I don't, I don't so know I don't exactly know. how. Uh, so our new, um, uh, the new podcast um, platform that we're we upload to is called Red Circle. We switched over from the old one that wasn't working really well for for Makery Network, and this is the one that uh, that was suggested that we we start. So we joined it, and there is a new feature that's called Tips through Red Circle. So. I don't know exactly how it works yet. Maybe we'll look into it and we'll post some information. But people who are listening to the podcast, if they want to specifically send tips from, you know, what they've okay, gotten, right. some information to the podcast, they can support us that way too. So I um, just, it's not that you guys have to, but it's just another option. It's some might be yeah. something that's kind of cool. And I'm sure Red Circle will take, you know, their percentage or whatever. Uh, yeah. I just, I just like the idea of, of just being able to give one, a one-time thing. It's like, it's like a super chat, but yeah, you, you most people aren't doing live videos on YouTube. I mean, they right. are, but because it's crazy. Some people who will, will put, or anyone will put a long time, a month or two weeks or something yeah, into a right. video and not make as much as someone sitting there chatting. Yeah. Because exactly. people want to super chat with them and they want attention. And, and, and some right. people only answer the super chats. So it's like yeah. all of a sudden these people sat there and they made 500 bucks off yeah. of nothing, really. 
just yeah. talking to you. You're not getting anything other than like, oh, hi, thanks, uh, Crazy Fox. One, two, thanks for the donation. <laughs> and yes, right. you can do this. Like, yeah, it's fine. But I think the idea of a, a tip button is uh, is like your super chat for a normal YouTube video, and it and yeah. and then then it, it could like show up on the on the feed, you know, right. on on the um, comments below that they gave money and yeah. 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 And that's, that's one of those things that, yeah, I definitely have had my like qualms about, about that, about live streaming and about super chats. You know, there's like people who are, who are trying to just pop in and say hi and talk to you. But you can imagine like those the big YouTubers, people who have thousands and thousands of people watching their live streams. Like how do you yeah, keep they, up with all those comments? The comments can't. is just like, just going through. Right. You know, so. so you really have no choice but to only acknowledge the super chats. Right. Yeah. Like, like, uh, everyday astronaut you know when he's showing mm -hmm. like the you know sn10 the starship <laughs> taking yeah. it off and, right. and landing and exploding like how do you talk there's you know there's a hundred thousand people watching <laughs> you know like and how do you talk to all of them when well, you can't you know so you I, understand I mean the, the reason those why, guys but still you know. those guys can't even keep up with super chats yeah exactly i was, I was like man we got to figure out something to live stream that is a that's a racket <laughs> those guys are cleaning <laughs> right. up I know I they almost, don't have to, I, they don't have to edit they don't have to do anything they're right. done they uh, clean their hands of it and walk away and yep. pocket who knows how much yeah exactly hundreds of dollars you know thousands of dollars I think they did there was a I, I don't know if it was Twitch or something someone did limit the amount you could give and YouTube no. did the same but that that is ridiculous because you'll get a kid who's obsessed or even anyone who's obsessed yeah right exactly and all of a sudden they dump hundreds of dollars on somebody yeah and it's just not it's not right unless they're rich which most people aren't right but it, yeah. but there you become obsessive with someone and you want a big reaction so you just i mean whatever it's your own personal choice but there should be like right. a limit like hey what and i think the idea was some of the big streamers said hey i will only take this much right so you're, you're not telling everyone on your platform not to take money but the big ones should say, like, hey, don't give me a hundred dollars. Right. Just to yeah, say exactly. hi. Like I'm gonna top yeah. it out at fifty bucks. Right. Even that's a lot, obviously, just to ask a question <laughs> or, yeah. or or get a response from someone. Yeah, exactly. Have someone just say your name. And that's why it's like when, when we do live streams, I kinda like Instagram live because that's a little bit more informal. You know, you just pop on, you're not really advertising it. You're like, All right, I'm you know, and if you're if, if it's someone you follow, you're like, Oh cool, they're doing Instagram live, you pop on, say hi, and then pop off. Um and I don't I don't know, I don't think Instagram has any like payment through Instagram live. I don't believe it does, but I kinda like that better because it, it, it feels more informal and it feels a little bit more like a tight knit group of people. You know, it's not Yeah, not, I mean obviously, you know, we have way more people, way more supporters and subscribers on YouTube than we do on Instagram. Mm. But the people, I mean, and I like, and I'm perfectly happy doing live streams on YouTube as well, but I, I would be okay if we were like, okay, we're going to do live streams on YouTube and we're just going to not, we're going to tell people not to do, uh, super chats, you know, because then mm. again, like you said, there's that, just like that qualm about it. Like, it's great. Or, you know, I mean, like, cool. I mean, it, yeah, it awesome. should be a certain. I, can... I feel like it may. It should just be a certain amount, right? Because people do want to, and if they want to give, that's fine. And it's or maybe, or maybe it's like a certain, like maybe that should be like one a minute. You know, like like <laughs> if someone super chatted that minute, like no one else can super chat during that minute. 
and then you just go back to the normal comments you know you like see who's there chatting you say hi and you know, there's always like conversations back and forth between other people in the comments. Which I yeah, think is cool, but well, you know, like, you know, we haven't had that problem of having too many super chats, so we'll, we'll yeah, cross guess, that bridge yeah. when we get there. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, another question that we get that I get pretty often, and not just on this video, but on Instagram posts and on videos, anytime. I'm showing knives. I inevitably get the question. People ask what I put on my blades to keep them from rusting. And the answer to that question is anything other than water. <laughs> so <laughs> I, anything. Yeah, I, I like my axes. I use them and then I spray them down with WD-40 and I clean them off and hang them back up. Uh, the knives I use and then I clean them off and I put some, you know, three in one oil on it or a little bit of boiled linseed oil on it or uh, a little bit of WD-40, or now I have Ballastol. So it's anything other than, you know, anything that's just a little bit of oil to put on that surface, and depending on what you're using, like I have a chef's knife, and my chef's knives, the high-carbon ones, I put um, mineral oil on because mineral oil is food safe. Mm. Um, axe wax, I just got a couple pucks of axe wax, and I use that on handles as well as blades sometimes now as well because that's also food safe. So for a knife where you think you're going to be cutting into something and using it, and it's not stainless steel, then uh, just put something on it. Any anything, just depending on what you're going to use it for, then that that determines what type of oil you can put on it. Now you don't really want to put like uh, um, canola oil or vegetable oil on on things that aren't are gonna, you're going to take out, and maybe that that oil might sit on the blade for a while because those will go rancid. So you just you know you don't want to do that type of oil, but if you're like, if it's a chef's knife that you're using all the time, then put put canola oil or put vegetable oil on or put whatever oil you have that's food safe because you're going to use it often. It's going to come off. Yeah. But yeah. So just anything, any whatever, whatever the appropriate oil is based off of what your use is for. If you're only going to be using it to do woodworking, then, you know, carving, you know, doing whittling, then put a little bit of three-in-one oil on or WD-40 or, you know, whatever. Some type right. of oil to keep it to keep it from just being dry and getting wet and then having the water on the blade. Even your hands, right? If you can't, if you don't have anything, just rub your hands on it because the oils from your hands are better than having nothing on the blade. Just be careful. Yeah, right. <laughs> don't rub it too <laughs> vigorously. Rub your hands all over those blade, all, all over that edge. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I think those are the main questions. Is like the hardening question, the the finishing oil question. Um, yeah, I mean there were some other ones too, but yeah, I think yeah it's um, those good. the old videos are crazy when they kind of continue. I mean that one's always been big, yeah, but it had like resurgence to get it to a million. Um, yeah, that, was that, that was cool. I forget which one it was. I think it was when we made the three leather sheaths video. Yeah, that all of a sudden that video start taking off again. The second right. saw blade. That's, I think it was that's, that one. That's why you don't we don't chase fads or algorithms. Right. <laughs> you just make what you think's cool, and then you can't yeah. plan it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you make what's cool, and you're excited about it, and you show that, and people will people will uh, will watch. They they might, not. All, you know. they might not. <laughs> they might not. They might not. But but that's your best uh, best bet is to just make something you think's cool, and then it might get picked up by whatever algorithm or someone mentions it or it's all of a sudden it's suggested under some huge video for some reason and right. you know there you go. Yeah, exactly. Who knows? You know, that's one of the things like looking at the analytics for videos. Yeah, I I more recently started looking at 
you know, this is one of the things that's always a little bit heartbreaking, but you put out a new video and then you watch it's what number out of 10 is it compared to the last 10 videos you put out? Is it doing <laughs> yeah, better? Right. Is it one out of 10? Is it two? Is it three? Is it four? But I, and I always kind of saw that, but then I recently clicked on it and it kind of tells you why it's telling you that, right? This is how many views you have at this amount of time since you posted the video. Right. It's kind of cool, you know, which is one of those things like, who knows? You know, you, you put it out there and then you sit there and you watch it and you hope people view it and uh, stressful. <laughs> and it's always, it always doesn't do as good as you think it's going to do because only one out of 10 can be that number one. <laughs> so it's not, every video is not doing better than the last. Unfortunately. Right. Yeah. It's, <laughs> but, uh, it is what it is. Yeah. You just got to keep on making videos. That's what we always say to people who want to get into it. Just be consistent, make videos, put them out often and the views will come, right? Because people will see that you're yeah. putting it out often. They, they want to watch. It's uh, one thing I did. Uh, this is my last uh, fact about this video was yeah. your statement at the end saying we're going to put out one a week. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I well, chuckled at that. We did <laughs> want we, to. That was never did, a lie. Yeah. And we tried. And for a while we did. We just, yeah. it's, it's impossible. Yeah, right. Exactly. And we're not, and because we don't do it full time. Right. right. It's not, this is not our, our full time job. It's not even our guess it's our part-time job but yeah. it's not even like a real part-time job it's right. just kind of like a hobby that we make well, some money on occasionally mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's like yeah but uh, i mean tops we can shoot maybe three days a week so that's tops usually it's two days like yeah right sometimes it's one sometimes it's none so yeah. you can only get so much done right Yep. So we just keep on putting it out, and and yeah, it, when people ask about that, like what happened? Why you know you haven't posted in a while? We're 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 not slowing down. We're just uh, we're just filming as quick as we can, as often as we can, as often as as makes sense with the two of us, with families and children and jobs. So, mm-hmm. um, I have two more comments that I wanted to, or um, yeah, two more comments that I wanted to address, uh, and then we can we'll maybe do some recommendations at the end. Um, one is I don't I don't have the name because a lot of people have actually mentioned this, but in the video and I and I realized it when I said it and I was like oh that's right this is the video where I say that and everyone comments, um, I <laughs> I was measuring something I'm like okay the blade this oh, the, width, yeah. <laughs> the width of this handle is seven eighths so half of that is three and a half eighths right because three and a half is half of seven <laughs> and my mind yeah. just thinks that way sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, that's three and a half eighths. So I just look at the eighths and then I do three and a half. Well, there have been a bunch of people who've commented this. Some people, I think almost everyone who's commented has been really kind about it. Right. They're like, oh, that's funny. Three and a half eighths. You know, and then a lot of people <laughs> were like, well, if you if if you want to know what half of a of a, um, a, you know, a measurement is in Imperial. Right. We do in eighths and sixteenths and sixty second, sixty fourths. Um, you just take the same top number and you divide the bottom number. So seven eighths, half of that is seven sixteenths, or you multiply the bottom number by two. Right. So that's how you find half of it. So it's seven eighths is seven sixteenths, half of seventeenth, seven sixteenths is seven thirty seconds, and half of seven thirty seconds is seven sixty fourths, and so on and so forth. You just multiply the bottom by two, <laughs> which I never knew that trick before people commented it. So I was like, that's amazing. I love it. You know. And so <laughs> yeah. my. St- Still, my mind doesn't really think that way. I'm always like eh, three and a half, you know, or like five and a half, blah blah blah. <laughs> like that's just how I think. Well, yeah, yeah. Any anyone who who's done any work with a tape knows sometimes you just you don't always know the exact way. You like this mark here, right? Or yeah. one 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 of these past this kind of you know an eight. Yeah, exactly. This sometimes plus half you just more. 
in your mind, you're just this mark here. Keep my eye on this mark. This is where I want it. You don't. Right. But sometimes you say things out loud. Yeah, wherever your brain goes through quickly. Right. Exactly. Right. You're not. You're not. Out loud. Right. This is this is a a quarter of what I need. Uh, You know, a quarter of all these marks. I I can see that this is a quarter of that. Whatever that is. Whatever. (laughs) That's what I need. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I like that. I did. I actually appreciated those comments. I was like, God, that's cool. That's really cool. I never thought about that. Just mm-hmm. multiply the bottom of a fraction by two. So half of seven eighths is seven sixteenths. Um, and the last comment, this one, this is actually a really good comment. This is from uh, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Carrillo or Carrillo, C-A-R-R-I-L-L-O. He says, uh, how many attempts till you had an okay knife when you first started knife making? So the question is, how many attempts did it take me to make an okay knife? And my yeah. answer to that would be, my very first knife was an okay knife for me at the time. It actually was a really yeah. awesome knife for me at the time. And that's what <laughs> matters when you're, when you want to make something, make it and have fun making it and enjoy how well you did and then move on to the next one and try to do better and then enjoy yeah. how well you did that one and then move on to the next one and try to do better and enjoy how well you did that one. And eventually you're just going to keep getting better and better. And even now when I make a knife, I'm really excited about it. I'm like, Oh, this is great. You know, like this is the knife. That's the best <laughs> one I've ever done. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. I fixed these little errors from my last time and I've made this better one. So, right. And that's, so that's, that's my that, advice. The, yeah. And that's your personal temperament too. And, and um, right. yeah, not, of course you're not, not you're not that type of person and, to get critical and down on yourself. You'd rather have the positivity. You'd see the positive sides, right. Size yeah. of it's not perfect, but this is great. And I actually made one and this is cool. Some people, Aren't, aren't that way uh right. didn't we yeah. talk to like was it aa knives or, or someone else was like i don't know what's my best knife like, like i don't they were like down on themselves about their knives like come on yeah, they're right. gorgeous None of them, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah right, right. yeah <laughs> yeah i mean that's just how like red beard or yeah yeah maybe yeah, right. i forget who it was but i mean sometimes that's how that's how those people work best right that's yeah. how they constantly improve because they're always poking holes in I could have done this, mm, this yeah. kind of, you know, this isn't right. That's definitely a way to do it too. Whatever, yeah. whatever pushes you forward. Yeah. And that's yeah, exactly. If, 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 if you need to be critical to move forward, then be critical. But just remember that, you know, we all have to start somewhere, you know, worry about being critical of your first knives when you made 20 knives, right? Then go back and look <laughs> at right. your first knives and be like, Oh man, look at all that. Like I was super impatient at that point. I didn't get rid of all the scratches when I was hand sanding or, you know, the, yeah. like, the handle doesn't meet up with the tang really well. Like be critical later and just look back and enjoy that moment. You know, but in the time, at the time when I was making those knives, I was like, Oh, this is great. Now I have yeah. this knife. Well, this is, I, I mean, I made a tool, you know? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's our, that's the whole thing about the channel, yeah, right? right? Making your next first product. If, if you are so critical about that, you wouldn't be interested in so many things, but you're interested in trying a lot of new things and maybe only doing a couple of each or more than that, but you just want to try some new stuff and you're not going to freak out over the first one being perfect because you shouldn't. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, it's, I mean, depends on what you want to do. If you want to, if you want to sell your knives for you know a thousand dollars, well then you need to be really extra critical and make sure that you know, right. you're doing right. everything right. And then you need to, you know, get a journeyman Smith from, <laughs> you know, American bladesmith society, blah, 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 blah. Right, right. But, uh, but yeah, so I just like that. I like that quote, and I like that, you know, I like that comment and that question. Mm, and, yeah. uh, and just, you know, kind of, yeah, like I said, getting back to the fact that we all start somewhere, and you should you should be critical, but, you know, wait wait a little while to be critical. 
Like just enjoy the fact that you've <laughs> made something, <laughs> you know, use it. And, and then once you realize that there are some, you know, errors with it, then make another one and then make another one, another one, another one. And you get really good at it. <laughs> yeah. You should hopefully. <laughs> All right. Um, so recommendations this week, Dev, you have recommendation for us. I was actually just going to say again, the, um, any way you can watch the starship launches right now. Uh, so cool. You, yeah. you brought it up, but man, every time we, we kind of have a chain between Dustin and myself and our, our other brothers and our dad, yeah. when we're just, just kind of warning, cause if you don't know, they, they take these giant ships off down in Texas and, but there's always delays and there's always like, ah, maybe sometime this week we'll shoot it off. So you kind of need to be on your toes. Like yeah. <laughs> maybe it'll be sometime between like 12 and six o'clock. Like, <laughs> right. But they're, having, they're having like four people all, or five people all like, yeah. kind of paying attention to it. We're it, like, Oh, here it comes. Here it comes. They're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. And then, Oh no, no. But it's so cool. And, uh, yeah, this so time cool. they landed it and, but then exploded like four minutes later, but yeah, it was great. <laughs> it's like the coolest, um, it's such a spectacle if you're interested in any of that, but seeing this amazing thing work and them, yeah. them trying to work stuff out and, and knowing that this is the thing that will go to the moon and then to Mars. Like it's, it's so fascinating to me. So, so look up, um, the, uh, SpaceX starship launches. Um, they'll, it'll be like SN 10, SN 11 and they're, they're yeah. going through and each one they're making a little better. Yeah. Yeah. Super, oh, and uh, yeah, before the end, before Dustin does his recommendation, I want to say, we're going to try, um, we're going to record a St. Patty's Day episode. Oh, yeah. So that, that'll that be the next episode you hear, I think. And that, we haven't really discussed it, but that will probably take over that that week's episode. Yeah. So I think St. Patty's is what, next Wednesday? Yep, next Wednesday. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to, tr- so look out for the episode there. We're going to do a Four Brothers St. Patty's. Yeah. We're going to get uh, good and Guinness up. Um, <laughs> yeah. It'll probably be a little goofy, but I'm sure on St. Patty's, if you are celebrating, you'll be a little goofy too. So join us and listen and hang out. And, you know, if you're by yourself and you can't go out like normal to a bar or you you just want to sit around late at night and have some beer, yep. join us on St. Patty's Day. That'll be fun. We're going to have a Four Brothers yeah, four brothers uh, podcast. Same, same yeah, yeah. We it was. I was. I was trying to think back and with to the last one, and when I, I real, you know, the last one was right around Christmas. We did the Festivus special with the brothers, and then I was like, "Did we do another one?" And I had to like go back and look again earlier. We did do the other one, the Four Brothers and the Big Win. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, 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 I had forgotten about that one, and uh, I think uh, Vintage Axe Works actually reached out to me this week and was uh, excited to like listen. He's like, "I want to," you know. He had heard that we had mentioned him on the podcast a couple times, and he was just saying thank you, like he appreciated it. Uh, oh, Roy yeah. from Vintage Axe Works, and and you know, we've talked about his his podcast as well, the Axe and Iron podcast with Chris Cash. Um, and um, he asked, he was like, "Which one should I listen to?" What he said, "Which, which ones are the bangers?" And so I gave him a couple <laughs> good ones. I was like, "You know, this is a good one." And I was like, "And if you listen to, you know, if you want a good laugh, listen to you know the ones with my bro- you know the four brothers. Those are always fun." So. That'll be a that'll be an awesome show. We'll record that this week, and that'll come out next week. Yep. Cool. And what what do you got for us? Uh, my recommendation is uh, a uh, YouTube channel and Instagram called Dreamcraft Bows. Uh, he is a, a young bow maker from Poland, um, and uh, actually, I found him through Instagram. I think. <clears throat> think i can't remember i don't know somehow somehow i came across him and then uh 
checked out his YouTube channel, but he has got some really good bow making videos. Um, kind of a small channel on YouTube. He's got just under just under three thousand subscribers, but uh, a pretty good ch- pretty good Instagram. Just over ten thousand uh, followers on Instagram. So so check him out. Dreamcraft bows. He makes some really beautiful bows um, and some nice build videos on YouTube. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's seems like he's just getting started on YouTube. So. Give him some love. Go check him out if you're interested in bow making, which I am. And, uh, and there are a <laughs> lot of people out there that are because those are our best videos, the bow making videos. Um, check him out. Give him some love. Dreamcraft bows is dreamcraft underscore bows on Instagram. Sweet. All right. All right. Well, that was good. I uh, we're we're excited to be doing the uh, the Four Brothers podcast. So again, look out for that next week. Um, if you guys yeah. want to, uh, you know, support us, you guys can always go over to YouTube and uh, subscribe there. That's really where we really want our support to come from: is people watching the videos and commenting and let us know what you think. Give us some ideas. You know, if you ever want to send us some questions, you can always send them. You can DM them to either of our Instagrams, either the, at the Art of Craftsmanship or at the Art of Camera Guy, um, as well as you can send us an email. Yeah, and I'll say, yeah, I'll say Dustin's much more active, or the Art of Craftsmanship Instagram channel is much more active. I'll put some stuff out every once in a while when I'm editing and funny stills and stuff, but send most of the questions to Dustin, unless you have a, (laughs) unless you have a direct, like, I don't know, filmmaking thing or, or, or you, or, you know, editing, you know, that's fine, but. Yeah, if yeah. you have, if you guys have a question about something that he, Devin or I said, you know, you can reach out to us separately that way. But yeah, you can send anything that has to do with the channel. You can always send it to me or send it to our email, um, the, the craftsmanship at gmail dot com, and you can go over and support us on Patreon as well if you want to do that. Patreon dot com backslash the art of craftsmanship. And that's all. That's all she wrote. Thank you guys so much for listening, uh, and we will talk to you next time. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.